Hi, and welcome to the Oral Fix Podcast. I'm Henry Diaz. I'm Drew Brown. And we're your hosts of the Oral Fix. Oral Fix is a weekly social commentary podcast for the gay community. We can be found on Stitcher.com, iTunes, Podomatic, SoundCloud, Facebook, and a whole bunch of other places that you can find on our blog, www.oralfixpodcast.com. This is episode number 38, and I would just like to say that we're almost at 100,000 views on our blog. Can you believe that, Drew? (laughs) (laughs) I can't. They like us. They really, really like us. It was like... (laughs) I think maybe 10 episodes ago that we were like speculating, will we ever hit a hundred thousand views on the, on our blog? Well, I would think I was like hoping that it would be a really great anniversary, you know, to be by June. I thought maybe by June, you know, we'll have like, you know, we've have reached a hundred thousand and, you know, but I think we're, we're definitely going to reach it way before June. So, um, I'm glad. I'm glad that it's actually it's it's going really well. <laughs> like I'm like shocked. Like you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, we were kind of like saying that you know, uh, if we didn't hit a hundred thousand, um, at least by you know something like June of this year, then we would probably never hit it until probably. 2020 <laughs> <laughs> exactly but i think you know um big ups to pandora box and you know um i think you know she her her you know she was our last guest and her episode was very popular um yeah. but i'm also but i'm also noticing that a lot of people are you know looking at a lot of old posts on our um blog as well as old episodes of podcasts are coming up too so it's not just the current so maybe people are spending a lot more time on our on our site so that's good that's good news so it it kind of shows that the work that we're putting in is not going unnoticed um and that we're getting the hits so that's good yeah thanks pandora box and um i think also philip tetro and and Gossip Boy, you know, season two is started off with a bang, I, I have to say. <laughs> we should do something special for, like, the 100,000th view. Like, like give away what something. What are you going to do? Oh, are you going <laughs> to be giving away hand jobs or something? <laughs> See, there you go, turning everything into something sexual. I think we talked about this, like, in episode number three or four. <laughs> Why do gay men have to turn things into something sexual Uh, all the time? You need to lighten up, lady. I am Um, lightened up, honey, and I'm just bringing it to you real. You just can't handle it. Well, happy International International Women's Day to you. Well, it's more like happy Purim Day, okay? Since you are an international lady. International? What, What do you mean by that? (laughs) <laughs> today, is, today is International Women's Day, and we're taping, so I'm saying Happy International Women's Day to you. Oh, you garbled up there, like, through some Skype gargling thing, so you sounded very ladylike when you said that. 
<laughs> I said, oh, well, I, I, I'm, well, I had to talk to when I'm talking to a lady, you know, my mama, my mama reads me right. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your mama, Rosie the robot? <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure you're going to be clutching your pearls later. Anyway, I I really, um, I'm going to try, you know, we should think of something. I know you're going away to Canada, but I think by the time you come back from Canada, I think we'll we'll hit our 100,000th view, and um, perhaps we can do something, um, I don't know, maybe we can think of something between us, or I'm going to start thinking of something, maybe we can give something away if, if it's not like a few a free music uh, a podcast or something. I don't know. We'll think of something, everyone. We'll think of something. Just keep listening because yes. we're going to have more like fabulous guests. And how many shows have we done? How many shows have we done this season so far? Like, that's a good question. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've done, like we've been doing them so much that I've like lost track of like. Like how many we've done so far? Yeah, I mean, like we've just been like knocking them out, and some other people like lesbian mafia. Not that I want to diss them, but <laughs> I really enjoy their <laughs> podcast, even though they're so rude to the gays. Um, they just like stop producing stuff, like, and they didn't even hit like a second season. Well, maybe they got maybe they got married, have kids, <laughs> they built a house. <laughs> I listen to lesbian mafia sometime. I I don't think <laughs> they're the the kid type <laughs> but um yeah i i you know some other podcasts they die off right away and we we haven't we've been going you know after season they don't some podcasts don't even make it to season one or if they do you know it's it's really rare and we we've made it to season two and we're almost to season three um i'm looking right now at uh, actually the our listing for season two we have one, we started off actually with episode 29. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and this is going to be the eighth one, number 38. Okay. Yeah. So, um, everyone who's listening out there, you're, you're witnessing podcast brilliance. It works. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Take that, Tricky Toro. <laughs> now, I wish we had more feedback because we really haven't had anybody really calling in for feedback. I've been getting feedback like, you know, when I go to promote on Manhunt. I'm getting feedback. I'm getting feedback from you. You're sounding a little, you know, you're sounding a little robotic. I am robotic. sounding a little robotic. Uh, I hope Skype yeah. is not like messing stuff up for us here. Okay. Hopefully, you know, I get my my new computer at the end of this week and we won't have this problem. I think the issue is... Not so much Skype, but the processor handling the um, amounts of data that it needs to occur in order to actually coordinate me being on the web and um, the information coming from the mic, recording it, and and coming from you, which is you as a lousy bitch. So uh, that's a lot of information for my processor to take. (laughs) (laughs) Don't start with me, Don't start with me. But um, uh, so what should we do? Should we pause? Should we pause? No, we shouldn't pause unless you thought it was really bad. Okay. So only we could get more feedback from people. Um, that would be great. We did get some feedback. You know, I've been getting feedback from 
people on, on Manhunt and people on Adam from Adam and then keep telling them, you know, if you're listening, you know, it'll, it'll be helpful if you actually, you know, send us a message and, you know, or, you know, send a voicemail um, via our number so we could play it out loud so people actually are, you know, can hear <laughs> that people are actually listening to us and we're, not, we're just not making stories like this up. <laughs> but, it, you know, it, but this week I did get um, one major feedback uh, for somebody I didn't think that was listening. And um, he and, well, it was my cousin. And my cousin and my aunt uh, used to love watching RuPaul's Drag Race before she passed away from cancer. Uh, a couple of years ago, and was your cousin gay? No, my cousin's not gay, but my my um my aunt um had a lot of great friends while she was growing up and while she was raising him. So he grew up around the gays, and he's very gay friendly <laughs> and trans trans friendly. Okay. So um, him and his mom used to watch season two, and they loved Pandora Box. So I guess you know he. Uh, he had a connection there, and he wanted to listen to our Pandora Box episode. And um, he listened to it, and he thought it was great. He, you know, he, he really liked it. And uh, but he had to disagree with the fact that stress is not um, a good thing for the body. And he said that it actually is uh, detrimental to the body because it inhibits. Uh, certain uh, hormones and certain uh, types of um, endorphins from really being produced and and causes decay in the body. And I, you know, I had to, of course, rebuttal and I said, you know, I, th- I think that's actually true. Uh, but, you know, based on the news, well, the reports that I was reading from news, news articles, um, you know, a, a lot of the these uh, findings were actually based on studies that showed that people who, you know, took care of themselves that were under a lot of stress, but, you know, they were dieting properly or exercising, you know, finding ways to really channel the stress. You know, they're, they're the ones who actually showed signs of longevity. And I think, you know, personally people who don't take care of themselves physically or mentally or spiritually um you know that that includes dieting the way that you think your outlook on life and everything uh exercise you're you know if you're living a stressful life and you're not taking care of yourself at the same time you're you know that is going to inhibit and stunt your growth um especially you know and leave you to pray to cancer because he also brought up the fact that um stress is not good for cancer patients um when my aunt uh bef- when she died was diagnosed with cancer he went ahead and did a lot of research and study um to see if he could help his mother my aunt and um well uh he found that stress wasn't really a good thing and um you know and in those cases it's not and i've you know i said to him that for this episode i was going to go and and get some of these articles that I've read. Um, I really couldn't find them, but I did a Google for uh, studies of uh, stress, um, which promote well studies which promote stress being as something good for longevity. And I'm going to link this to our show notes for everyone to read. 
Um, there are certain articles here that are really good, and one of them that I have heard over and over again, the fact that increased oxidative um, oxygen actually into your body actually um, helps to promote longevity and lessen stress, but it's also, you know, the way that you get the oxygen if you stress your body, meaning work out, working out or exercise, it's the way, you know, to another good form of stress. And there's a whole slew of other things that you can read here. And uh, so that's a real, you know, that's some pretty good feedback. But he was really shy not to call it in. Okay. Well, at least he, at least he reached out. So that's, that's <laughs> <true>. <laughs> at least he gave us some <laughs> feedback. Some feedback. I mean, at least, he, but at least he told you. So I mean, so we, I mean, he didn't have to call in. I mean, however we get it, whether we get it through a bird or message in a bottle or. <laughs> Skyright, I don't know. However, it's always good to have it. So. <laughs> Skyright. <laughs> so, have you ever yeah. gotten any feedback about the podcast? I, I never talk, hear you talking about. Um, no, I don't know if any of my. Well, I, you know, um, my ex, he listened to the podcast and he said it was really good, and he was like. You know, you guys are really talented. And he's like, oh, and he was like really, you know, giving me praise. But I don't know. I think he was just being whatever. But he said that he listened to a few episodes and thought that they were really good. Oh, that's nice of him. So, um, and that's really it. You know, I I would love to have more like uh, some dynamic engagement with our listeners, you know, hear them disagree with us. And, you know, I, I would like to learn more from other people if they have another point of view of whatever we talk about. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, the other thing, too, I thought that was really nice and, you know, um, and actually became a very popular, became a, a popular post on our blog. Again, um, you know, we got a shout-out from Nabia. Oh, yeah, I saw um, that. That was really sweet. She she also, I mean, she reposted the, the podcast with Philip Tetro as well as um, the interview and I thought that was really nice because, you know, it just kind of like it also shows, I mean, not only have we been making a lot of, you know, headway with having amazing guests, but, you know, just through our blogging, we've, you know, we've gotten a lot of DJs who have been retweeting us and getting us, lending us their music. Um, we've been getting a lot of, you know, feedback from artists as well, uh, such as Navia. And so it's just been great. So that was really Yeah, good. you know, um... That's good feedback, always. Yeah. So, well, how was your week? So, um, my week is okay. I mean, just been trying to, like, deal with, you know, leaving for Canada and trying, you know, get organized and all of that stuff. But it's so gorgeous here in New York. Oh, my God. It's like, it's like 60... Three or sixty-four degrees. It's like so. Yeah, nice. and I think it's going to be probably a little warmer since we got that. Since the sun had that sunstorm recently, <laughs> that sun flare, which is like the largest yet recorded. In yeah. History. Um. So I mean, but other than that, I mean, I've been good. I mean, I, there's been no real issues. I think I, you know, I'm gonna drop the whole like, you know, hot Dominican boy because it's just. It's too much. I can't. We can't talk to each other really, and I feel like we have nothing. Like there's no way of like really communicating. Oh no! It's been really hard. 
Yeah, so I had to put the kibosh on that. And, yeah, because it was just like, it wasn't, you know, I mean, he seems like a really nice guy, but it's like, I don't, trying to get things out of him so I can kind of learn more about him or learn more about, we can learn more about each other, became really hard. Was he very immature about it, or...? No, he wasn't immature. It was just, just it was just a real. He we just weren't understanding each other. He didn't really wasn't know how to re- respond to my questions, and I didn't know how. Yeah, it just it just was a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's you know it was it was a nice moment you know, but I don't. It just I, it was just too much work. I mean, I felt like I could you know have a deeper conversation with my nephew who's turning three than I can with a three-year-old oh, man. That's pretty bad. You that's know, bad. like... Oh, yeah, exactly. So I was like, you know, I mean... Yeah, so I have to say goodbye to his hot Dominican Pinga. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Pinga. Bye, Mr. Bye, Pinga. Pinga. <laughs> 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 so, you know... Uh, on to the next I go. On Maybe to you'll, the next you'll meet I somebody go. while you're up in Toronto this time. I um, No, I'm never going to meet anyone in the freaking suburbs. It's never <laughs> not going to happen. Everyone is married with kids. And unless mm. I, you know, go out in downtown Toronto and I you hit the should. Gate bumps, I mean, like, you go up there so frequently now. Like, live it a little. I know. Well, you know, the thing, the problem is just that, you know, it's. Call up Philip Tetro, hang that, out with. One girl, five gays, and you know, like. Well, I know, I, I definitely, I definitely would, but the thing is, is that it's not so much, you know, I could hang it out downtown, but then the problem is, is how am I going to get back? Because it's not like, you know, it's not like I can take a. Well, I guess there are trains, but I don't know what the train thing works. It, but it would be hard for me to get back into where live I live. Live a little. To where my brother lived, like it's an like it's an like it's about like an hour out from downtown Toronto. Well, Toronto. so is the Bronx Zoo from where you live. <laughs> <laughs> and, exactly, but I mean, living in living in New York, and you can just take a train. I can take a. I could, you know, if I was lived in all the way in the Bronx by the Bronx Zoo, and I went to party in Manhattan, I could still take the train that night. And get home safe. It's not the same. It's not like the metro. It's it's more like the the metro north. You know, it's not like a you know just like a, a train ride away. So that's the only that's uh, the only. If thing. I was that but, that close to Toronto and I was going up there so many times out of the year, I would at least make the effort to ha- have some fun and enjoy yeah. some of the Toronto atmosphere, like the city and stuff, because. I've I've been there a couple of times and it's beautiful and I love. Yeah, but you also have to remember. I every time I go there, I, it's the winter, <laughs> so I haven't been there. I haven't been there when it was like when it's like ninety degrees and it's a hundred. You know, like when it's when it's warm. Every time I go there, I go there through Christmas, like the holidays mostly. And recently, I've been there. You know. Um, but like January, February, like it's still cold. It's not like it's warm out. Oh. So maybe if I go up there in the summer, I'll pack my poom poom shorts and strut oh. around. <laughs> I would like to catch that on film <laughs> and YouTube it for the world. 
Yeah. <laughs> you improve in shorts? Yeah. Hot mess. Yeah, no. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I retired them, but... Oh, I retired no, those no, no. a long time ago. <laughs> so, anyway. So, we're now going to move into our next segment, which is, um, since we've been having a lot of guests on our show, um, we haven't you, we haven't done it in a while, so we're going to bring it back a little. It's time for Tit for Tat. And for this one, is uh, this is where, you know, Henry and I, something that's, you know, out in the community and we share our point of view. Sometimes we agree, sometimes we don't agree. Um, but, you know, we might have some bitchy comments, as always. Um, Speak for yourself. And, and um, you're such an angel. As you would say, <laughs> and, let us um, know. <laughs> so anyway, so anyway, we just want to give our side, our opinion to it. And so, and this topic is why do gay men attack each other? And this is actually coming from a um, episode from One Girl Five Gays is on a block, and they were talking about, you know, um, actually, it's it's from Elliot- Homo Razi and the blogger. Um. Yeah, but it was but it was coming from a recent episode from One Girl Five Gays. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were gonna quote Homerazi. No, and the article, if you read the article, it's from home. It, it it it's a it's from that blog, but it was it's based on an episode from One Girl Five Gays. Yeah, I read the article. Okay, so. <laughs> Ask the panelists of like why do gay men put women on pedestals before other gay men and um and so it got like a different response to um you know from the people on there especially JP who had his own opinion but it's you know it's something that um I thought would be really good to talk about because I do think that there is a lot of cattiness and bitchiness that happens I mean not like what we do on this show i mean it's more playful but there is a lot of like this kind of you know really kind of vindictive vicious things that happen between gay men and i i remember when i first came out and it was a group of friends and people didn't think that we were as close as we were and they would you know they would question us like you guys haven't slept with each other or like you know you guys don't like and it's like well why can't we be just friends and why does it have to be this like all this other things that are happening in your relationship why does it have to happen in ours you know and like people thought it was very foreign to have like be able to trust other gay men and i thought that was really kind of sad you know, it's going to happen. It's going to happen either the gay community or it's going to happen outside of the gay community. But I think it's even harder in the gay community because queens love and live for the drama. And I think a lot of that drama is um, it's a stigmatism that derives from, you know, a low self-esteem or, um, you know, wherever backgrounds that these queens come from. And, uh, you know, he's, he pointed out that in that episode of One Girl, Five Gays that, the one of the new cast members who, you know, who answered, I think it was the first one who answered the question uh, that Leah threw out there, gave a very immature answer, um, and he didn't really 
quote it, which I wish he did, but it's going to, you know, and I never hear what he said. I, I think, you know, a lot of it, the stigmatism, it, you know, is from low self-esteem, but also uh, probably derives from some type of, you know, unmended or untreated form of tragedy that, you know, that uh, <clears throat> from my studies um, that I've been doing lately on, on people who deal with tragedy, it seems like more often than than less people who experience you know, tragic events in their lives don't really recover from it and the only way they recover from it uh well the only way that they really deal with it is that they look for other tragic events and so drama becomes a substitute well i think it, i but i think also too i think you know i mean you know, I do think that it's like I do think that we also, as a culture, sometimes we we play so much more on the superficial than the real issues, and so it's so much easier to be, you know, to, you know, it's it's about you know how many times you go to the gym or what labels you're wearing or what you know how much you are the flashiness and that. You can't really have real relationships based around those kind of superficial things. You know what I'm saying? And then when if you have that, I mean, I've been fortunate to have gay men and in my life who I consider real friends. You know, you included. Um, and you know that is not based on those things. And we've kind of grew up together, or we've you know we work together, and like you know I have different relationships where I have different friends. And it wasn't just about like being gay wasn't it helped. It was a part of it, but we had other experiences that kind of brought us in. And so you can't really. You know, I think sometimes when you base your friendships based on these kind of like superficial or just there's kind of like no real substance there, then it's going to allow for the drama or it's going to allow for like the backstabbing and the all like the cattiness that goes on. Um, and you, whereas, you know, if you have a, a kind of a strong foundation and it's a real you it really developed into a friendship, you're a little bit more mindful of how you treat each other. And if you, of course, I mean, and like any relationships, you're going to fight or you might argue or disagree, but you're a little bit more concerned about how, about the relationship that I have with this person. And, and is that, you know, is the fight worth losing the friendship? You know, you're a little bit more conscious that way, as opposed to if you're just kind of, you know, being bitchy. And, like, there's no real kind of substance there. You know, one of my favorite lines from uh, this blog post on Homerazzi was that, uh, wait, who wrote this? It was Christian. Um, was that uh, people, you know, in the gay community, or the queens, you know, they, they're always listening for what they're saying about them or what they're saying about other people and, you know, especially about them and it's all about them and and um, and when they hear what what the other person said about them, then they gear up for a battle, and then they you know they're they're aiming to tear the other person down and poke holes in them, and and it's if the person who's conveying the message or the person who is actually listening 
for what other people are saying about them um, instead of, you know, gearing themselves up for battle and tearing the other person down or giving their case in a very forceful way kind of like took a few minutes to step aside because there's nothing wrong in really wanting to know what somebody else is saying about you. There's really nothing wrong with, you know, following gossip. What's wrong is how you use it. One time I, you know, got into a fight with one of my best friends and I had to really, and we were yelling at each other on the street, like, like two crazy people. And, you know, he wasn't hearing me and I felt like he wasn't hearing me and he felt like I wasn't hearing him. And when I was walk, when I walked away from it, I said, you know, what's more important? Does this fight and whatever I think I he's feeling or me losing this person out of my life for forever and I had to call him and I had to like you know swallow my pride and you know a sources can be you know pretty stubborn and I had to say you know listen I know you're upset with me and you know but you're you mean more to me than this fight and and had I not done that I don't know if he would have, you know, we, I could have lost a really good friend because I didn't kind of swallow my pride and to say, listen, what's more important, the relationship or this kind of silliness that, that's going on, or this misunderstanding that's going on? So you should really examine the people that you have in your life and, and kind of put them, you know, and really think about, like, okay, who are, the, who are my real, true, close friends who are always there for me, who I really can talk about anything to, with and and... You know, and and see, and whatever you're, and also, you know, and as you evolve, too, you know, sometimes, you know, as you get older or as you grow up, sometimes the same people that you had in your life at one point in your life might not be the same people that you have as you go into the next chapter. That's just the reality. And it's okay. Yeah, and probably someday, you know, a lot of this will change in the gay community. <laughs> 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 anyway, we need to like end this. Tip for tat, it's over, and we need to take a break. And when we come back from break, we have a special treat for y'all. So stay tuned. Seven Bells, La Fée, Scissor Sisters Remix. We do love School of Seven Bells here at Oral Fix Podcast. <laughs> anyway, um, now for the treat. Another Chip for Chat episode 
for this week. And this time we have, for all you artists out there, uh, a good friend of mine from Flickr. Um, As some of you know, I am a photographer and artist. And uh, some of you may even follow me on Flickr. I may just be familiar with Angel Cologne's work. Angel Cologne is a photographer and tattoo artist and also a freehand artist who um, I've come to know over the last several years on Flickr and recently posed for him for his upcoming tarot deck book. Uh, And that's a homoerotic tarot deck book Uh, and possibly tarot decks. (laughs) to follow so uh here without further ado on the oral fix is angel cologne today we're here with angel cologne he's a photographer and artist of very tasteful homoerotic images and works of art um angel would you like to say hello hello how are you today I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing very well. Thank you. Not well, you look very well, too. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Flattery will get you everywhere. Everything. It'll get you everything. That's one thing I've learned in life. Flatter people and they will give you anything. <laughs> we just finished uh, doing a photo shoot uh, with Angel for his tarot deck book. That he's putting out soon of homoerotic images, which I have to tell everyone when you get the chance and we give you the link, head over to his Flickr and you'll get to see his work and it's phenomenal. Um, I figured since I'm here, I, I get some really good sound quality out of this interview and moment with Angel and get you, everyone out there to really know who Angel is and what he's all about and also just to get how queer he is <laughs> deeply weird I prefer deeply weird <laughs> although I'm as queer as a three dollar bill too but a three dollar bill three dollar bill <laughs> well will a three deal three dollar bill get you anything one more and you get two cups of coffee <laughs> I don't know. What will a $3 bill get you these days? Probably arrested for, uh, you know, counterfeiting currency, I suppose. I don't know. <laughs> well, before we get into your artwork, can we find out a little bit more about you and where you were born and what your childhood look- was like growing up as a... I don't know when you identify as gay, but if you... Well, um, I was born um, in Jersey and Jersey City, actually, and I lived most of my formative years in Union City, New Jersey, in Hudson County. Uh, For those of you who know where that is, you know, condolences are accepted. And so uh, anyway, uh, I pretty much didn't really know for a fact what I was until after puberty and probably later in my teen years. Um, And uh, I, it was it was a non-issue for me, although it was, a, of course, a big issue for uh, people around me because back in the uh, mid-70s, late-70s, and early-80s, it was still a real big taboo about anybody being out and uh, open back then. So I pretty much flew under the radar, not deliberately, but just because that's 
the way things were. I didn't have a my um my life as a gay um late teen older per, you know young adult didn't really happen until wasn't happening where I was living. It was happening in New York City, which is right across the river from me. So I had the options of enjoying, you know, New York City gay life and not really living there just because it was just so nearby. I liked it. I had a good time. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. I mean, as an artist, we normally develop at a very young age and know that our vision is way different than other people's. Mm-hmm. So that along with being gay, I mean, it's kind of hand to hand, but <laughs> you explained to us. I agree, actually. I think that um, being gay gives you a, um, a different, uh, an extra um, dimension to uh, your your thinking as an artist, because um, let's face it, uh, some of the greatest in, in history happen to be people who uh, bent the rules as far as sexuality or even conventional behavior. So it wasn't, I mean, as far as arts are concerned, I can't speak for anything else. But um, I guess it, it, it informed my, 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 um, my, my viewpoint as an artist in the way that, you know, homoeroticism wasn't a big deal for me. It never really felt like it was an issue for me to draw nude um, male figures the same way that it was uh, easy for me to draw nude female figures. For me, it was all about the aesthetic. It was never necessarily about, um, oh, here I am drawing you know, someone naked or looking at a picture of someone naked and they're the same sex as me and it's giving me some weird feeling. It was never an issue for me because I was comfortable with that. So I think that kind of, it may have actually helped me as far as my artistic um, growth or education or learning as an, you know, as a younger person, whereas most kids are still dealing with that whole sexuality thing. For me, I pretty much had it figured out at a relatively early age, luckily. Did you have supportive people around you? No, not really. No, not at all. I knew people who were gay, but they were never friends, really. They were people that lived in the neighborhood or that just happened to Everybody knew of a couple of teachers in my school were, but it was not something that was um, openly discussed. And this was at the beginning of the uh, of uh, the AIDS epidemic here in New York or in the United States worldwide. Let's let's face it. Uh, so there was a lot of um, fear and hush hush. A lot of people ended up uh, not discussing anything out of fear of being labeled as someone who is is carrying AIDS. So a lot of it wasn't talked wasn't talked about. Yeah, it was very hush 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 and there was to a certain degree some witch burning scenarios, you know, the tabloids. Mm-hmm. My next question would be who do you look up to in terms of inspiration for your art or who have you uh, role model yourself after if you have that's really or still do it's really kind of a tough question because I think that um, whether we acknowledge it or not everything that we experience ends up informing our artistic career and what we choose to um, 
emphasize or to depict in in, in art. I mean, obviously there was you know the classical idea of uh, you know um, Greco-Roman art. There was the Renaissance uh, period where you know the greatest artists were all big old flamers. Look at uh, you know Leonardo da Vinci and Michelangelo. I mean, they made it and they did some beautiful things, and they were as queer as three dollar bills. Um, and of course, the late seventies. Just everything that was going on in the in the seventies and eighties, as far as the uh, the sexual revolution and things changing, and uh, you know, it, it all informs everything. And there's no one thing that actually informs what I do and what I what I create. It's everything. All everything is in there. Every single piece I I create, everything of me and everything that I've been through and everything that I've ever done is in there, whether I like it or not. This tarot book that you're working on, it's really not indicative of today today's culture and gay society. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little bit of everything in there, and you kind of you kind of you don't blur time periods, but you mash it up. <laughs> yes, actually, they are mashups. That's exact. Each card is in effect a form of mashup. Um, I never really deliberately went that way. I wanted to go for something a little more timeless, but let's face it. I mean, I go from one extreme to the other. I mean, there's, there's, there's very, very, um, innocent, very, um, almost traditional imagery. And then I throw in stuff like, um, you know, full frontal nudity and, uh, all sorts of, (laughs) there's a lot of strange things going on there. Gender fuck. Can I say fuck on this? Uh, Okay. Gender fuck. I don't usually say fuck a lot, but I'm saying fuck because it's part of gender fuck. I just said fuck seven or eight times, didn't I? <laughs> but it, it, it's, I guess, you know, there, there, there isn't, there is a lot of mashup in there. And I wanted to go for something more collage-like. And a collage basically is the original form of mashup. So I guess it is. Yeah, it really is. For those of you who are not familiar with Flickr, Flickr is a social media uh, website that before it was owned uh, by Yahoo.com was... Uh, very popular in terms of uh, for those who were amateurs and professional artists and uh, either in photography or digital media media um, such as vector graphics or and what have you and even you know traditional freehand media and they're still up there but it's been more populated by by mainstream folks now amateurs that um, have a camera or a cell phone and they have the app and they'll just upload it up there but for the long run, um, I've, I think I've, I've been on there uh, maybe a, a year more longer than you, Angel. Mm-hmm. But um, I use it as a form uh, of therapy, my photography, even though I have a photog- photography background. I always look around for people who's going to inspire me so I can think differently. And when I came across, I think maybe you contacted me first. Since then, we've been friends on there. And finally, we've met in person after, I think, two or three years. And um, your your work has blossomed since the first time I saw it. I mean, it was good to begin with, but I, the stuff that you're putting out now, I, I haven't been on there like I've been on there experimentally. But when I came across your tarot deck that you're you know and the images you were putting up, I I gasped. I couldn't believe it. And so I I want the audience to understand um, before they see your images exactly where you come from and um, our listeners, you know have uh, been treated to celebrity guests and other artists who I, I'm not trying to compare you with, but I, I think that 
you know, we're all artists and we should really know, you know, what makes us tick, what makes us tick mm -hmm. in terms of um, gay people. And um, I want people to understand exactly where you're coming from uh, with your artwork. So can you give us a little more of an insight to what made you create this deck or start this project and and what what's your inspiration like at the end of it all what do you want the audience or the viewers or the people who purchase your book and possibly tarot decks because i i would love to own one a deck what do you want them to take away well i i think um as far as what makes me tick and why this works for me it's kind of hard to explain I, I i suppose there's the the jungian aspect of archetypes which the tarot deck is is rife with um i've always been interested in tarot decks for, i think my got my first deck 20 years ago i'm dating myself i'm not telling you how old i am but um <laughs> i've owned tarot decks for a very long time and i collected them for a while um i stopped because they all started to become a little too um I don't know. They got silly after a while. I took a stab at reading them, and supposedly I was quite good at it, even though I always thought I was kind of grasping at straws when I was working. But may that was my process. Maybe I found things in a different way than others did. And the tar and the Tardic is all about archetypes. There's so many different um, uh, things that are universal to most people's experience in life. Um, for example, uh, getting a little esoteric, the major arcana, which is the ones like, um, you know, the magician, the emperor, death, things like that, they are supposed, supposedly represent the uh, journey of the fool, which is basically the from birth to um, enlightenment to coming full circle and going back to innocence again. And so that really got me uh that really really got to me and I, I thought felt really really strongly about that and the images were always very fascinating to me i mean they are part of our culture you see them everywhere without realizing it so i figured let me take a stab at it but i wanted to go with a slightly different twist and make it all male because i had seen all female tarot cards so i wanted to add a little balance to that um hopefully it doesn't wind up offending anybody but um you know even the female cards are male here and they can prove it too Oh, what would you consider offensive in your tarot deck, if anything possible? I mean, I, I've looked through most of them. I don't think I've seen all of them yet, but I, I don't see anything that would that I would think would offend anyone. But if anything would in your tarot deck offend somebody, what what do you think would it would be? Oh, it would probably wind up being the um, the nudity. First of all, I mean, some people are still hung up over nudity. It's one of those love-hate things. We hate to admit that we love nude bodies. That's the love and hate thing. Uh, but also the fact that um, some of the traditionally female images are being done by men. And um, that throws up a whole weird... Uh, whole nest of weird feelings of, you know, um, gender bending... Uh, some might even accuse me of being misogynist because I refuse to use women in my deck, but there are all female decks as well. So there might be a certain amount of a, an attempt at balancing too. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I can't go around worrying about what people are or are not going to be offended by because let's face it, you can't think of anything that somebody somewhere wouldn't be offended by. If I had to say it, it would probably wind up being the nudity though. 
Um, I do not deliberately go out to create pornography, um, but one man's porn's another man's art and vice versa. Uh, some of my stuff is certainly erotic. Some of my stuff, a lot of it is just nudity, but the nude body does not automatically equal pornography to me and uh, apparently neither to the Supreme Court either. <laughs> That's right. You have three books, which I uh, fell in love with, especially that last one, Virtues and Vices and Virtues. Vices and virtues. Oh, my God. Um, and uh, and you're very uh, good at what you do, and I love your compositions. Oh, thank you. Now, it's, you, know, you, you brought up an interesting fact uh, before that the tarot deck is uh, traditionally done, have been traditionally done... Um, by men or actually the the female decks and um and the ones that you're doing you know it's i i don't know for me I, at least the take that i when i saw them i was like wow you know i don't think this ever this never been has been done in the first place and second he's using an all-male cast in his deck and he's using gay people i mean are all the models in your deck are they all queer identified I'm going to assume that, but since I haven't actually, you know, done anything with most of them, I really cannot answer that question. But no, actually, uh, I would imagine, yes, they are. I mean, I very seriously doubt that anyone that I have photographed in this deck is not, um, I suppose, queer identified, but I don't make that assumption. So you're actually, you know, you're you're bringing in a third circle, I guess, I mean, there's because I'm sure somebody else probably did an all straight male deck and it's not really gay identified. When I look at yours, I know it's a queer identified, um, especially the poses that you put these guys in and they're very hot to begin with. And um, including myself, delicious. <laughs> anyway, uh, he's hung like a mule, too, you know. <laughs> No, I've I've spoken about my schlong. On I, I have no qualm with that. Um, but well, anybody, well, I'm sure a couple of people. Like that, <laughs> but, uh, nothing that some amyl nitrate can't take care of. <laughs> I'm sorry. Nothing that some amyl nitrate could take care of. You know, as far as problems with your schlong. What's amyl nitrate? Poppers. Ew, God, they give me headaches. Anyway, um, <laughs> getting up too fast gives me a headache. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. So you're 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 actually you know you're you're bringing in some I think and we've spoken about this I and Drew on the podcast before how uh, the queer culture is kind of like facing like this kind of uh, reidentifying itself type of period because we went from like this really trashy sleazy period of being of a community to like some of us maybe even getting sober and and changing reidentifying and and making a, a different movement especially now that. Uh, for the future, especially now that we have um, uh, marriages uh, being legalized in, in different states and now hopefully federally. So you're introducing like an, a new level of being and magic. So, I mean, the tarot deck itself, are you a tarot reader yourself? I, it's funny. I, um, I, I got into the um, whole idea of the, uh, uh, the imagery and I always thought they were fascinating. Then I started dabbling with them and i'm certainly not going to say that i have any kind of uh gift but whenever i would 
attempt to read someone and I always did it by the book. I did it very analytically. I was not one of those people that would do it, you know, looking at it and, and falling into the deck or something like some people do. I would read where the card was, what its meaning was and its relation to everything else around it. I would do it very analytically and supposedly I was right. I don't know because it never felt like I had something coming at me or, or an idea popping into my head. It was just things I saw and supposedly I was accurate. Um, I personally could never read myself for beans, but, you know, um, most people say most tarot readers can't read themselves. It's true. It's true. I, I, I have a difficult time trying to read myself mm-hmm. when I, whenever I do my own spread. Yeah. So uh, I think that um, anyone could do it if you know at least from there's the intellectual way, the, the, the higher mind, and then there's the subconscious way of doing it, which is where the images trigger some sort of a uh, uh, of an association in your head or in your in yourself that is not necessarily there. Um, with me, it's almost always analytical. What the card means, where it's placed, what's around it, and what the original question is will usually give me an idea of what the answers are supposed to be. So you have no spiritual attachment to this project that you're doing. Besides, I mean, like, in the sense, you know, metaphysically or uh, in a reverent way, I mean, you're just doing this for the, the, the sake of... Um, Art and you know for your your love for somewhat of love for tarot, but I mean this is actually an artistic pursuit for you. Well, there is that, but there's also the um, the powerful archetypes, especially in the uh, the major arcana. Um, there are some very very powerful archetypal images in there that are shared by you know by by human culture. Uh, I've, I'm not going to try and list them all or, or even start rattling them off, but there are a lot of things there that are practically universal to all people. And those things I find um, I am attracted to, I suppose, in, from a somewhat Jungian psychology standpoint, I suppose. Um, and in the way that those archetypal images also uh, are, are, are prevalent in so many different spiritual um, paths in, you know, from since time began since people became spiritual it's all there um it's kind of like a history of spirituality or an an, an archetypal thinking i think and that's what really 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 appeals to me about it now my question here that i'm about to ask is that um you know some of it is a little dark very bold images that you use like for the devil card which is very hot and erotic but at the same time it's scary now, some of this imagery, do you pull out of from your your love for leather? Because I you you do a lot of work in the leather community, um, which I'll have Angel expl- explain to the, our listeners later on uh, about some of the work that he's doing. So, do you use any of that? I think that um, an artist, again, going back to the beginning, everything that you experience winds up be it winds up appearing in your art, whether you want it to or not. So, yes, there is some of it there. It's not overt. I don't even think it would be deliberate. Um, but as far as the um, the images, they 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 bring up a lot of things for a lot of different people. Um, uh, for example, um, the the devil card has chains, uh, an inverted pentagram of chains. And yes, you could go for the uh, the, the the idea of um, something you know like a dark sexuality, but it's also a question of being. Um, traditionally speaking, bound to the material world and what's going to bind you down stronger than chains. So uh, 
in that, yes, there is that there, but uh, I don't really, I don't see it being overt, but there is definitely some, um, some subversive sexuality in some of the cards of the deck, despite the fact that it's not deliberate or not consciously deliberate, maybe subconsciously deliberate. Who knows? I'm not a Jungian anyway, so I really couldn't say that. You fooled me. <laughs> um, I know a little bit about everything and not a lot about a lot of things. <laughs> I like that song. <laughs> so um, now we're just about done with our interview, and I just want to um, have everyone know exactly what you're doing um in the leather community because i think it's 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 really cool what you're doing uh besides being an admirer of leather um and people who uh function in that community i also you know i'm a fan of charity so you're doing some charity work and tell us exactly what you're doing and how you got into it oh okay well um i uh am part of a uh of a committee called the leather pride night new york city committee and uh we put on a uh and in a uh, charity auction, uh, the let me see when is it? It's the the Saturday of the week before Pride here in New York City. I, it varies from year to year, but um, the uh, the um, Pride's on a Sunday, and then a week before that on a Saturday, we have a uh, charity uh, event, which is an auction. It is a, a social uh, uh, venue. Uh, for it's pansexual so uh, it's not just you know it's not gay men it's not just lesbians it's not just straight people it's everyone mixed together and they it's a big charity uh, event with with an auction a live auction where you know some things are actually you know uh, displayed or um, uh, demoed on stage and that's all I'm going to say about that and uh, there's also a silent auction there's a raffle and it's just a great uh, way to uh, just enjoy yourself with uh, with with uh, other people and uh, of like mind. And this year, uh, we're still looking for a venue. But if you go to leatherpridenightnyc.org or look up Leather Pride Night NYC on Facebook, you'll find a link to the event. And it's a lot of fun. And we always uh, do this for charity. So we uh, usually choose four or five very worthy local, usually local charities. And some of them are uh, specifically kink-oriented, and some of them are also to help uh, homeless um, LGBT uh, youth, um, history, um, you know, homeless shelters, things like that. And uh, we feel like it's a way of giving back, and it's a great way to just socialize with other people. Leather Pride Night NYC. Just look that up on Facebook, trust me, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. And so hopefully at least one or two people, hopefully more, who are listening to this podcast will uh, attend. How can people uh, get a hold of you if they if they want to follow you? Or I, I think you say you have a Facebook fan page. I do. Um, it's Photography by Angel um, on Facebook. It, I also have one Tattoos by Angel because I also do tattooing. Uh, they're all there on Facebook. Just make sure that it's you know a New York City-based one because that's where I am. And, of course, there's my Flickr page, and you could find me there as Angel Tats, Angel, A-N-G-E-L, Tats, T-A-T-T-S. And uh, please, come take a look at my photo stream. Tell me you love me. Tell me I'm brilliant. Um, Buy some books. Buy some prints. Just buy something for me, you know? I'm poor. I'm an artist, you know? (laughs) (laughs) 
And um, I think uh, you you mentioned that that last thing. You're poor and you're an artist. I think that's when you truly become an artist when you embrace the fact that you're poor and that your artwork is not really going to bring you anything else but a sense of satisfaction um, from actually making what is uh, bringing to life exactly the visions that you're getting and and the alchemy of it all. If you are making art for the sake of making money, you're not actually making art because the money winds up being the most the, the primary thing. Yes, you can certainly make money off creating art. I'm, there's so many examples of people who do, but that cannot be the prime motivator because you will never be happy that way. You have to create what you feel you have to create. If it's not something that you're driven to do, you're doing it wrong unless you're doing it strictly for the money. Amen. Can we get a hallelujah? <laughs> How do you spell that? <laughs> How do you spell hallelujah? I don't know. Well, tune in for our podcast where we featured Shangela. Shangela, oh. let us know how she spells hallelujah. <laughs> That's one question I really want to ask when I get her on in the when we get her on the podcast. So that's that concludes our uh, interview with Angel. Unless Angel Colon has any other special things that he would like to mention. I think I'm good. Uh, check out my Flickr. Check out my uh, my Facebook pages, and um, give me lots of hits and buy something for God's sake. <laughs> and we, we we sure we will, and, and we'll link your your work in our show notes. And whenever that book comes out, I'll make sure to actually put it on our blog and have people you know follow it. And I think I may actually make a very limited number of uh, tarot decks by hand. And we'll see whether or not uh, somebody may or may not want to uh, make a nibble. We'll see what goes. Who knows? Every day is a new adventure. And all, all of your tarot deck is, is, is not it's, – it's full-figure people. It's not really um, body parts or – No, no. Most of them are portraits of people. I mean some of them have been changed around. I've added things to them. But uh, generally they are full human images. Um, I don't know. I haven't finished all 72 cards yet, so I'm not sure where some of them are going to go. But so far, all of them seem to be full, full people, not just, you know, nude parts on a, on a, on a, on a card. Well, thank you very much, Angel, for your time and for joining us in our well, podcast. Chromatic. That was the Gorillas featuring Daily, and now we are coming to the end of our podcast. Hope you enjoyed it, and hope you enjoyed our interview, Henry's interview with Angel. 
and you'll be putting, I guess, is it is the series done? The series is not done. It's so long going, um, as he as he stated on in the interview, and he, um, you know, he's he's uh, he has. You know, he does like several shoots with every model, and then he he actually puts them in the role of every card uh, in the tarot deck, and uh, and then he picks out who he wants to use. So he'll probably get seventy-two models to fill in the seventy-two cards and have each of them play each other's. Well, every almost every card and every set of the deck so he has his work cut out for him because you know he's he's truly a genius um and as people are going to see from the links that we're going to put that we're going to post on the show notes his stuff is pretty phenomenal and um it's out there i and uh he's he's truly an artist yeah i saw the ones that you post on on your facebook anywhere they were really good yeah uh, I I'm I'm really satisfied. I I would have never have done the photo shoot with him if I didn't think if I didn't admire his work. Um, otherwise, you'd have to pay me. <laughs> All right. So do you? And so as we mentioned in the the, the beginning of the podcast, you know we want to hear um from you. So please send us any feedback or questions or comments at oralfixpodcast at gmail.com or you can give us a call at 646-504-3491 also please you know follow us on twitter at oralfixpodcast as well as we're on facebook it's facebook slash the oralfixpodcast and it's a lot different from what we put on our blog sometimes we you know we upload videos we upload all kinds of um whether it's music downloads or whatever tv or tech news um that are that's different from what we post on our blog so follow us on like us on facebook as well yeah we try and- we, if you don't mind me interjecting we try to actually have um, track of the day, we could uh, track the week, which are free downloads, and we don't normally post these as posts on the blogs, but we do make them available on the widgets on the sidebars. But you won't know that they're there unless you're actually following us on our social networks. Yes. So, um, and also, you know, visit our blog at oralfixpodcast.com, um, where you can also see what has piqued our interest for the week and let's have you mention and get music you can also listen to previous episodes of our podcast um there's also videos that you can watch there's all kinds of fun things um so do you have any closing remarks henry dear no drew dear have a great weekend everyone and well have a great week (laughs) Yes, have a great week, Um, and we are going to, as always, leave you with some um, music, and this is Lana Del Rey, and this is Born to Die, and I don't know what 
it's a remix, but they, I don't know, it's like, what's it Gucci they're trying to say? I have no idea. Why do you pick, like, these remixes that you can't even pronounce the DJ's name? (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, because, you know. This is, like, the third time, and, like. It sounded sounded interesting, and so it was, like, a good remix, but it was, like, what is this name? And I always thought, like. Gucci, Gucci, remix <laughs> I was like what okay whatever <laughs> <laughs> have a great week people and we will talk to you soon be nice to each other y'all that's right be nice Yeah.